Welcome to episode 154 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Swift. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Today, I have a very encouraging show for you. My guest is Ann Coker, and she is an author. But more than that, she is a woman of God who is going to share her reflections on caregiving, faith, and leaving a legacy of love. She has been converting her husband Bill's sermons into book form, and she is a caregiver for Bill because Bill has Alzheimer's. And so I know that this disease has probably touched many of you, and if not, there's something else that maybe you have experienced with a loved one or a friend. So I think this will really encourage you today. So I would love for you to listen in to what Anne has to share. And friend, guess what? My Bible study is available and groups are currently going through it together. And I'm getting amazing feedback. And so that is the Bible study. Surrender the Joy Stealers. Rediscover the Jesus Joy in You. And I'm currently booking speaking engagements for 2024. And I can go through a whole workshop or conference or retreat with this topic. I also have other topics too that you can check out on my website at daraswift.com. But friends, first stay tuned because I know what Anne has to share will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in. Today, I am excited to welcome my writing friend, Anne L. Coker. We are in a group together called Book Camp. And we have been able to connect, and I'm so glad to have her on. It's going to be a really great episode. And some really fun facts about Anne is she graduated from college 20 years after graduating from high school, which is very encouraging. And she also worked as managing editor of Good News Magazine. And then she started writing for devotional publications and periodicals, and she also blogs. She has served in the pro-life arena for that cause for several different agencies. She's married to her favorite preacher, Bill, which I love that. And she's prepared Bill's sermons on the Ten Commandments for his first book, Words of Endearment, and three more books have followed since. She also wrote a companion book for John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress, which is yet to be published. And she finds great joy in seeing her husband's messages in print to glorify God. And she's also her husband, Bill's caregiver because he does have Alzheimer's disease. And so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And he does have a podcast though. They have a lot of great people on their tech team. And Bill has a podcast called Words of Endearment with Bill Coker. Welcome to the show, Anne. It's so great to have you on. It's good to be here, Doris. I appreciate your invitation. Oh, yes. I am excited to talk about all these things. You have a mm-hmm. lot of interesting things that you have done and continue to do. And I always ask my guests where they're taking action, where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. So if you could share a little about your story and however the Lord leads and how you are taking action in those areas that intersect, we'd love to hear about it, Anne. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Um, as to passion, I call it my dream job, and it began when Bill was um, pastoring a church, a community church in Terre Haute, Indiana, 
and I, along with uh, people who listened to him, would ask him to write a book. And his answer was always the same. There are enough books out there. Mm -hmm. So that settled it for him, but not for me. So um, my passion to see Bill in print became a possibility, as you stated, in an unusual way. Um, when he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in 2017, that facilitated two impact, important factors in our lives. We moved from our home in Terre Haute, Indiana, and bought a home in Indianapolis with our daughter and her husband. And being both our daughter and a nurse, Becky could provide uh, valuable help with caregiving. Uh, she also provides our meals in the evening. So that freed up my time. Mm -hmm. The main factor is that while Bill would not write a book, I could compile his messages and get them published without his permission. <laughs> in fact, one funny little thing is when the books come, you know, in a box, mm -hmm. uh, he lifts up uh, the book and he looks at his name on it and he says, how did that happen? <laughs> And I said, well, I did it behind your back, <laughs> which means in our office, in our study, our computers are on opposite sides of the room. So we're actually working back to back. I'm dealing with the book while he's playing solitaire <laughs> on his computer. That is so cute. So, so I did it behind his back. Mm-hmm. Compassion intersects with conviction um, when caregiving and publishing um, became our purpose for each day's schedule. Uh, I'm learning to connect with agents and editors and publishers. My earlier training in editing prepared me for the process of compiling Bill's manuscripts. While Bill was a professor at a Christian college in Kentucky, I held the position of managing editor at Good News Magazine, as you said. And I also took online courses and attended writers' conferences. We kept cassette tapes of Bill's sermons from those 19 years. You can imagine how many that is. Mm -hmm. And he was... It was while he was preaching at World Gospel Church in Terre Haute, Indiana. And then he also filled notebooks with his sermon outlines. And we have all of those, too. That provided fuel for the possibility of getting books printed. I began to compile messages, get transcripts uh, through a started with a blog friend, and we involved our grandson in converting the tapes into digital format. So Bill has now four published books. Wow. That is such a treasure that you have all of those things, you know, that, that could be now used again for the glory of God to reach even more people, because I know that 
throughout Bill's life and when he would teach and preach, he was he was sharing the gospel and so many were learning so many things and coming to the Lord and all of that. And now a new opportunity, but it's so uh, fun how you were when those boxes of books come in and what you have to say to, to Bill, but it's, it's just adorable. But I love this one. I, I picked up some of the books already. And so I need to read through these. And I found the quote in the very beginning of one of the books that we'll talk about too. It's called let the church be the church. And I really love the cover. It's the cross, and the cross is all different people. And then they're kind of scattered around the cross, you know, and kind of like going out. And so I love this one quote that says, Dr. Coker issues a clarion call for the church to reclaim its God-ordained mission. He begins by identifying the problem of our times, stating, I'm frustrated not because a sinful world is out there, but because a weak church is not responding to the challenge of our age. That is profound and powerful. And how how did you grab that quote? Was that from a sermon that he did, or how did that come out? Um, it would have been from a sermon. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the messages in that book as... Also, with um, two uh, the two other books, came from his uh, sermons at World Gospel Church. Mm. He he emphasized that the greatest miracle is the church. He said it would be nothing for God to have a virgin-born child. It would be nothing for God to have a resurrection, but the church involves people. And so you have the church lasting for these many, many, many years. Hmm. And so that, he says, is the greatest miracle. Wow. I've, I've never really heard that presented in that way before. You probably get that response a lot, don't you? I I imagine you do because yeah. yeah it is um it's true and and how precious that we are brought into the Trinity we're brought into that all together to partner with God we imperfect people <laughs> that is definitely a miracle so um I yes. love this so much and you were talking earlier about how you know with the situation that you have with Bill's health and everything and praise the Lord that you're able to be there with your daughter and um, son-in-law and your daughter being a nurse and I know what a blessing that is our daughter's a nurse as well and she's just been such a blessing with health issues that we've run across with now facing with my parents and all of that so how how do you plan that as far as the caregiving and your day are you all home together during the day we're in a, in the same house and we have what i call an the east wing apartment which is the front part of the house a living room office bath bedroom closets and so my my care through bill is with bill is basically you know morning to night through the night, mm-hmm. but um, 
Becky's help, it's mainly when I talk over things that have happened. Um, like the other day, he fell in the closet, in the clothes closet where he gets dressed. Mm -hmm. He got up by himself, but I talked over that with our daughter. Um, she wanted to know if I, you know, did he hurt his knees? And I said, well, he said he was okay because he doesn't know how he fell or what happened before he fell. Mm -hmm. He doesn't remember that part of it. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're funny issues that we talk about. We have this expression, new every day, because you can't judge tomorrow by what happened today. Mm -hmm. Things change uh, with every day, every, every hour. So the caregiving right now is mainly with me, although Becky interacts with, all right, if you're not going to use soap to wash the dishes, mm -hmm. then you don't get to wash the dishes. <laughs> mm -hmm. So things like that with him. Yeah. Well, I think that what you just said is going to be something that a lot of our listeners can relate to. They may be also a caregiver for a spouse or a parent. And so I, I think it was really encouraging how you brought out that just kind of take each day with that day. Like this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. And then the next day, do that again. And so, but you're writing, it's so special how God had equipped you all those years as an editor and all of those things so that eventually you would be putting these books together with these words that are going to just be evergreen for people to read. And what a legacy for your family too. Isn't that a precious thing, right? Yes. Tell us a yes. little bit about your family. We have four grown children. They have families of their own. We have 10 grandchildren and 13 great-grandchildren. Um, there's only one grandson and his wife that live here mm -hmm. in Indianapolis. Um, in that 13 great-grandchildren, mm -hmm. there's a set of triplets that wow. are in Nashville, Tennessee, mm -hmm. uh, two boys and a girl. They're nine years old now, I think. So we, we don't have the family close by. Mm -hmm. um, so I communicate with them with cards, email. So thankful for uh, the internet. Yes. And Facebook and such. So that's our family. Yes. And it's so encouraging too, as I said in the intro, when I was mentioning about how you went back to school, college after graduated, what, 20 years, right? What prompted that for you to go back to school? Uh, Bill was a professor at Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And I got married right out of high school and he had finished college. So um, I had a scholarship to Birmingham Southern in Alabama, but I got married instead. Mm -hmm. It was early on in being a professor. One of the board members said, that he would fund my first year at college. So I thought now's the time. We had four kids at home. 
Mm-hmm. And I got their permission because I knew things would change in the house <laughs> with my taking classes. Mm-hmm. But they were all for it. And um, we went ahead with it. It took me six years. And I understand you went to college later. I was a banker for almost 30 years. So I did my business credits part while I was in banking. And then when I left, there was, well, there were several years span between that. And I went back to school at 55. And I think it's important for us to share that because there's someone out there right now that is feeling God telling them that he wants them to do something that they may be thinking, well, I'm too old for that now, but that is not true. (laughs) Right. And I mean, look Mm -hmm. at all the things, you know, that he allows in different seasons in our lives and we never know what he's going to call us to do. So now that you are continuing to write, what is on your heart that you're working on right now? Well, um, I've got my hand in several things. I want to finish, want to find a publisher for the Pilgrim book. Mm-hmm. I want to back up that I. you're right about some not wanting to go ahead with um, a calling or a nudge from the Lord because they're too old. Mm-hmm. Well, at 84... I have found this to be a real pleasure and a calling to uh, get these books in print. Mm. So while I'm writing my own, uh, I still want to publish more of Bill's works. Um, On his, you mentioned a podcast. He's um, now in a series of Ezra and Nehemiah Mm -hmm. on the podcast. And I'd like to see that in a book because it's 11 messages on those two books. Mm -hmm. And um, also, he held a a retreat for missionaries on the topic of holiness. Mm -hmm. And I've been working on those manuscripts. They've already been um, transcripted from the um, recording. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on those, um, compiling that. That's basically on my horizon, although I'm writing a memoir uh, about our current situation with Bill's dementia, but the, the emphasis is more on myself, what I'm learning about myself, about my fears, frustration, and faith during this time. Mm-hmm. What are those triggers that caused me to fear, that caused me to get angry, even the tone of my voice. Bill sloughs it off as, oh, that's all right. Mm -hmm. But it it doesn't help me to have a tone of voice that's condescending. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning about myself. Um, Even though the Holy Spirit resides in me, I'm not always following Mm-hmm. that leading. Yeah, we can relate to that for sure. And that's going to be so invaluable for people to read, you know, and be encouraged by it, because it is important to share not only all of the wonderful things in our life, but also the struggles so we can show how 
the Lord brings us through and how we have to wrestle with some things and how we have to examine ourselves and see, you know, where what the Lord can change and things that we choose or, you know, so I think that's going to be an amazing, amazing resource. And all of these different books, what a great resource for churches and groups and, you know, just individuals reading them as well, but it's just a wonderful resources for the church going forward. And so how did you and Bill meet? Um, He was the choir director for the junior church when we lived in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And he was, well, I, I knew him when he was in high school and then his early years of college. Um, then my family moved to Mo- back to Mobile, where, which was our home. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad's business uh, moved him back. So then, oh, for a little while later, we started writing. I, had, I was taking Latin at the time in high school. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about it now, but I knew Bill did. Um, So I would write him to ask about things I was learning. And um, then he came for my high school graduation. And that started the romance at Mm. that point. Very sweet. (laughs) Very sweet. Did you always feel a pull toward writing? I would, you know, I kept a journal. I never tried to call it a diary because it was not day by day, mm-hmm. but whenever I'd want to write. But the writing probably started while I was in college and um, not just with assignments, but doing things on our on my own. Well, I think there's so many things that we've talked about today that really will encourage someone listening today and also inspire them to walk forward and knowing that even in challenging seasons we can simultaneously walk in our calling and it may be a calling that has multi it's like multifaceted you know so right now you're a caregiver for your husband and you're also a writer and it all kind of connects and I think too if there's someone out there who has access to treasures that similar to yours, you know, if there are some things that they can dig out that they can put down on paper, recordings or different journals or things like that, it can really create something special when the Lord puts it all together. He kind of puts the flow together. So now the first book, was that a challenge to write when you first started that one? Which one was that? It was the one on the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. Words of Endearment. Mm-hmm. And um, Bill saw that as uh, a revelation of God's love. And he, so he didn't call them the commandments. He called them the words, God's words. Mm-hmm. And that's how it ended up, Words of Endearment. And that was his title for his that series. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was when I found out about a publisher that it is a sermon to book. It, it's a hybrid publisher. Mm-hmm. And I 
told them that the messages, the chapters, were on cassette tapes. Well, you'd think I was in the dark ages. (laughs) So they wanted it digital format. Uh And that's when our grandson was working at a mission agency. And they had the equipment to uh, convert the cassette tapes into digital format. Hmm. And then Sermon to Book uh, compiled it. They wrote the discussion questions after each chapter. Mm Mm-hmm after each sermon, and that was 11 sermons, uh, starting with the Decalogue sermon and then the Ten Commandments, and then I added one. I don't have the book in front of me. I do. (laughs) (laughs) The last chapter. Rightly Handling the Word of Truth. Yes, and so I added that one. It was not a part of that particular series. It took others to get it going and... uh, It was a hands-on thing for me because I had to edit the transcripts when Bill and I were watching television and he'd see me with a paper in front of me and I was making marks on it. Mm -hmm. He asked me what I was doing and I said, well, this is your sermon. And he said, well, what are you doing to it? (laughs) Well, I chose not to use the word edit. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm just moving your spoken voice into the reading voice. Hmm. So that satisfied him. Nice. That I wasn't messing up his sermon. Yeah, I think those were divinely chosen words for sure (laughs) for for Bill. And so, yeah, this this is awesome. I love how the book has so many places where you can write notes you know, and mm-hmm. your own thoughts and whatever you kind of gather from that. And it also is an encouragement because pastors out there, their sermons are being recorded, especially since COVID. You know, those are being live streamed and recorded. And many of them have not maybe thought about comprising a book, you know, like actually having their sermons in a book. And I think that this could really help maybe start turning a lot of different wheels and maybe their their spouse isn't a writer or an author but there are so many people out there that do ghostwriting and would love the opportunity to help someone write the book so that's encouraging even as you were talking about leaving a legacy sometimes writing a memoir may be only published for the few the family, the extended family. It doesn't have to, you know, get on the great sellers list, but it can be a um, a legacy for your your family. Yeah. And we think we'll remember things or we'll remember to tell our Mm -hmm. kids things or our grandkids. And we forget stuff, you know, and sometimes we're reminded, of course, the Lord reminds us of different things for us to share, but like you said, it's really precious to have that legacy of the written word. I mean, when we look at it, that's what God did for us. You know, we have the written word, his word written for us so that we could read and learn and, and grow and that it's a living word. So that is, that is so special, a special treasure for us. Yeah. So I really wish that people in my family would have done something like that. 
because I would have loved to know more about my ancestors, you know, my great, great grandma and, you know, and all of those things. And we've heard stories and all, but I think writing them down is really important. And I think that's why people are so fascinated by genealogy and, and those kind of things. And you can learn about people, but you don't really know their heart unless you read something they've written, which is also why it's so sweet when you get maybe a grandparent's Bible or some, you know, someone's Bible, because you can see all their notes in the margins and all. Have you grabbed anything from Bill's Bibles too, that he's written in the notes in the margins? Yeah. And I, and I have my mother's Bible with, with that. And she will put a note and a date Mm. about something that she heard in a sermon. Mm -hmm. And yes, I have Bill's Bibles, I should say, Mm -hmm. and he would use colors to underline or shade in various uh, aspects like blue for the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. um, yellow for heaven. He had a a code that he was using in his Bible. Wow. And... (laughs) <laughs> we think that that happened like recently where people started, you know, doing the the Bible kind of journaling right. thing and all of that with the color codes and the different fancy pens and all. Bill actually started that. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah, so. yeah he, he had a set of colored pencils that he would use. Great. Wow, I love that in must be so cool to be able to look through where he's marked and all of that. And it makes it easy, too, for you to find stuff <laughs> as well because yes. you know what color you're looking for. So that's really great. And I, I would love, Anne, to because this has been so amazing and just encouraging and wonderful to talk with you today and all the things that you're still going strong. Like, you have so much still left that God is is pulling you through, you know, to do and, and just giving you these, these precious assignments, you know, to do this. So tell us how the listener can connect with you and some of the resources, the free freebies, the resources that you want to offer to them so they can check that out. Probably the quickest and easiest is just using my email Uh, address to contact me and let me know if you're interested in the books. I have some of the books here at the house. Mm -hmm. And of course, Amazon also has all of the all four books. So my email address is al2.poker, C-O-K-E-R, at gmail.com. So that is the number two, al2.poker at gmail.com. And then I'm on Facebook as Ann Coker. And my blog, um, which is abcoker.blog, I have a few links that will take you to three of the books and a podcast. And if you send your email address to me, then I will let you know when their books are episodes for the podcast are coming up. The podcast are downloaded on Wednesdays. It's been a little over a year. The first one was the first Wednesday in April of last year. So we just a little while ago celebrated our first year. Wow. Congratulations. 
Happy birthday. You've been on longer. <laughs> How long have you been on? Uh, I started back in November of 2019. And it was huh. right before the whole world shut down. <laughs> it was like we had no idea that was coming. And I just felt the call to do it. Uh, it really began as a book proposal and it became a podcast. So I really think God had had a lot of ideas about it that I had no idea about. <laughs> and he's like, that's okay, I'll help you. <laughs> so yes. it's been fun. It's so fun. And I get to talk to a lovely friends like you, which, you know, it's fine to email and it's fine to be in groups on Facebook and stuff, but it's really precious to meet people in person, first of all, which hopefully we'll get to do that sometime, but at least to have these conversations, it really, it really means a lot. And connection is so important because we are the church and it is important to as sisters in Christ and brothers in Christ as well to connect and support and encourage and lift each other up. Like it tells us in first Thessalonians five yes. eleven. <laughs> we, we want to do that for sure. So, and I'll put all the links in the show notes. So the listener can find you. And so thank you so much, Anne. This has been so amazing and sweet. And I would love to have you on again sometime because you've got lots going on. Right. Okay, friend. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show. And God bless you and Bill and all the ministry work that you are still doing. And we will talk soon. Thank you, Doris. I just love that conversation I had with Anne. It was so powerful and a reminder that God has plans for us. He has a fierce calling on our lives, no matter our circumstances, right? And this was certainly an encouraging example of that. And I love so many quotes in the show. And I want you to check out the show notes because I'm doing them a little bit differently. Yes, they are now including a transcript of the show and also some amazing quotes, but not only a few quotes, but several quotes. And you'll also see a section that has a timestamp overview. So you can find certain parts of what was discussed by going to those timestamps within the recording. So I think that's cool. And I love uh, all of the things that Anne shared. And so please check out her website and find some more of the things that she offered. I have the links in the show notes for those free gifts that she offered to you to check out. And so I hope that you will do that. And friend, this has been amazing. And I, we skipped last week because it was holiday week. So we're back at it again. And I'm just so glad to be back here with you all. And I hope you will join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.